All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Needs. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. So my story takes place in Rancho Bernardo, California, back in 2005. So I had grown up in the desert, and Rancho Bernardo is essentially San Diego. When my in-laws, or now in-laws, had moved there, this was a very exciting time because I hadn't really known anybody to live near the beach before. And they lived in a very beautiful, developed community with tennis courts and a swimming pool, and that was not a lifestyle that I had known. But when I would travel there, I would sleep downstairs in the guest bedroom by myself. And there was an energy in this house that was terrifying. And I'm already somebody who is afraid of the dark. I don't like to think about what goes bump in the night. I'm not going to choose to watch a scary movie. I will not go into a haunted house. I'm still traumatized to this day from a haunted house that I went into when I was about seven years old. A friend's dad took us and it was awful. I had nightmares for years. I still to this day can picture every single thing that I saw. So things that were scary, things that put me on edge, they put me way on edge. What some person might be able to just shake off, I couldn't. So in this particular house, the energy was bad. It was scary. And I would sleep with the covers over my head if I slept at all. There was no way I was going to leave my bed at night to go use the restroom or go get a glass of water. That was that was not going to happen. So back in 2005, it was Thanksgiving morning. And my brother-in-law, this is his story after all, got up at about 4 o'clock in the morning to go pick up a friend that was going to spend the holiday with them. And as he was leaving the house, it was really foggy that morning. If you've ever been to San Diego, you know that it can get densely foggy to the point where you can't really see feet in front of you. It's dangerous to drive at night if it's one of those foggy days. So he was locking his front door, about to lock his front door, and as he looked inside, what he saw was this massive figure, about six feet tall, a male figure of some sort, standing in the hallway where the bathroom and guest bedroom would meet. And he was terrified. He instantly shut the door and ran to his car, attempting to drive off as fast as he could, but when he got into his car, every single light on his dashboard, his headlights inside his car, they all blew. None of them worked. Whatever energy was in the area at that time caused it all to go out. And he sped out as fast as he could. And it turns out that every fuse had actually blown. It it, had blown. Something or someone or some spirit had caused all of his lights to stop working. That was the first of many instances in that particular house. 
so many people had different experiences in that particular home from Xboxes shaking for no reason to being greeted by spirits on the stairs. In fact, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life took place in that house. My in-laws were getting ready to move out, so the house was practically empty. And my brother-in-law had just graduated from college. So we all decided to go there to celebrate him. And rather than pay a bunch of money and stay in different hotel rooms, keep in mind we were young and cheap, we all decided to just bring air mattresses and have a big party in this house and sleep downstairs. Well, at some point in the night, the youngest brother-in-law had left the house. And we were all getting ready to go to bed. And as I was looking in the laundry room, there was this light that was flashing in the laundry room. Maybe a a nightlight, maybe a sensor of some sort. I, I can't really recall, but it was red and it was blinking. Maybe internet, I'm not sure. Anyways, I fall asleep and I have this dream. And in my dream, ghosts have set booby traps all over the house. And if somebody opens the front door, The booby traps are going to go off, bombs are going to go off, and we're all going to die. This is in my dream. And I do believe ghosts were somehow controlling my dreams at night. So anyways, fast forward to the middle of the night, and my youngest brother-in-law comes back to the house in actual reality and opens the front door. Well, it wakes me up, and I see him coming in the front door, and I see the door being opened, and in my mind, the bombs are about to go off, and the light is still flashing in the laundry room, and in my mind, that light is a bomb, and I sit up, and I start shouting at everybody in the living room that's asleep, wake up, the ghosts have set the bombs, the bombs are gonna go off, and then I realized that it was a dream, but at this point, I've already woken everybody up, and everybody's already terrified of this house as it is, and not a single person got any more sleep that entire night. Whoops. So beyond that, which was kind of silly, and these super tangible things of people actually seeing spirits and ghosts, another thing that would happen is we would hear a train. Clear as day, we would hear this train that sounded like it was just barreling by behind the house. And there was no train by the house, but it truly was clear as day. So I started doing some research for this particular show about this area, wondering, you know, what had happened there before, because they were not the they were not the builders of this of this home. So I can't say who lived there before, but I did do some research and Um, The people who we now know as, and I I might butcher this, but the Kumeyaay Indians were the original inhabitants of what we today call Rancho Bernardo. So these indigenous people had been on the local scene for approximately 2,700 years prior to the arrival of the first Europeans in 1769. From there, missionaries, military, all the things, colonization, all took place in that area and it was under Spanish rule from 1769 to 1821. From there they decided that they wanted to um, develop it a little bit more and then after Mexico won its independence from Spain the mission lands came under the control of the new Mexican government which offered all of this land to anyone agreeing to settle on and work the lands. During the course of two years the Mexican government granted the 17,763 acre Rancho San Bernardo at the time to a Don Jose Snook. 
and he was born Joseph Snook in England. He had been sea captain commanding ships for merchants, trading goods between ports of California, Mexico, Peru, and he desired, desired excuse me, to settle down in California and acquire land. So he complied with Mexican government requirements at the time, became a Catholic, a Mexican citizen, and choosing for his baptismal name, Jose Francisco de Sales Snook. So he got married, fathers come into the picture, ranch hands, herds, cattle, sheep, horses, mules, oxen, all of the things. Then in 1846, he went to sea again. And his voyage coincided with an escalation in tensions between Mexico and the United States, which culminated in the outbreak of the Mexican-American War in May. While he was out at sea, the Battle of San Pasqual took place on and around his ranch. It's considered the bloodiest and most controversial battle of the war. 19 U.S. soldiers and an unknown number of Californios lost their lives. So I have to believe that someone involved in that particular war, their spirit resides where that house is. I mean, it has to. And Don Jose himself died later that same month. I just, I can't say for sure. But something really crazy is happening in that area. And I do believe that when there's anything tumultuous and full of horror and death that an energy is left behind not a good energy a bad energy is left behind in that area and I think that's what is happening in that particular house so that's not the only story I have to share for today another one comes from a friend of mine a mutual friend of Tim's and this one was brought to me when we first started this show when we did, people started approaching me, oh, are you doing a show on UFOs, on Bigfoot, on aliens? And this was very new territory for me. So I would kind of bite my lip and go, yeah, why? And in most cases, every single person had a story of their own to share with me. And this particular one was very surprising to me because it came from a friend of ours that's really practical. He's a scientist. He doesn't take any deep dives into the paranormal or UFOs. He just, you know, if he can't see it, if he can't figure it out, it probably doesn't exist. Well, he said to me, I've seen a ghost. And I said, come on, get out of here. I know you're just, I know you're just yanking my leg. You know, no, no, I've seen a ghost. I know exactly what I saw. And um, it was a ghost. And he proceeded to tell me that when he was in college, he woke up in the middle of the night to a child at the foot of his bed, a ghost child. He said the child was somewhere between the age of four and five, if he had to guess. And he didn't have any fear. He wasn't afraid. He didn't want to run away. He didn't want to shoo this ghost away. He didn't want to hide under his covers like I might do. Um, instead, he felt very at ease. He felt very calm, as if the spirit was there just to check on him, as if this kid knew him and he knew the child. And then after a few moments, the child just turned to his right and walked out the door. And that was it. So you might not think much of that. You might think, okay, college. I know what people do in college in the middle of the night. Maybe there's something else happening here. But the next day, he called his parents. And by the way, he claims that he was not on any kind of under the influence of anything that particular night. But anyways, he calls his parents the next day to tell them the story. 
And his dad says, you gotta be kidding me. Last night I had this dream that this young boy, about four or five, walked into the room and climbed into my lap and just looked at me as if he was checking on me, as if we knew each other. And it was just this reassuring feeling with this child. And later in the conversation, the mother revealed that she had actually miscarried a boy before our friend was born. So they all decided together that uh, that must have been the spirit of this child coming back to, to check on them and make sure that they're all okay. And I've just had so many experiences in my life where people are at the end of their lives and having connections to those whose lives have already been lost. And I do feel like there's something there. There's some sort of energy that is coming back or leaving or transitioning or what have you in that stage of life that exists, that is real, that um, you know we need to explore more. We need to look more at what's happening with these spirits and these energies and yeah, take them seriously. And what are they trying to tell us? What can we learn from them? So I've really enjoyed hearing other people's stories, even though sometimes it's scary and I don't know that I want to have any of my own, but um, I think I've learned a lot from them. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. Find us on Venmo under the business accounts. Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.